Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Uh, We invite you to add your prayer intentions to the comments so that we can all pray for one another very specifically. And uh, we'll delve into his word. Let's put ourselves in his presence today and ask for renewed grace, strength, and insight and fidelity in building the culture of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for life. We thank you that death has been abolished in Jesus Christ and that we share in that victory by being one with him, members of his body, sharing life eternal, life which is beyond the power of death, hatred, violence, abortion, or any other evil that destroys human dignity. Be with us today, Lord, as we delve into your word of life And may it give us profound hope, renewed joy, and determined faithfulness to spread and build your kingdom of life. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, through one man sin entered the world, and through sin death Thus, death came to all men inasmuch as all sinned. If by that one person's transgression the many died, how much more did the grace of God and the gracious gift of the one man Jesus Christ overflow for the many? For if by the transgression of the one death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of justification come to reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. In conclusion, just as through one transgression, condemnation came upon all, so through one righteous act, acquittal and life came to all. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. Where sin increased, Grace overflowed all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through justification for eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this goes right to the core, doesn't it, of the conflict between the culture of life and the culture of death, the kingdom of life and the kingdom of death, and where we all stand in the midst of that. The disobedience of the one, I've talked to you about the relationship between Isaiah 14 and Philippians 2. The disobedience of the one reflected in Isaiah 14 where the prophet pulls aside the veil and gives us a glimpse into the thinking of the evil one who says, my choice, I will be like God, I will exalt myself. And the thinking of the Holy One, Jesus Christ, though he was equal to God, obediently humbling himself, I will be like human beings. I will be like sinners, even though free from sin, I will jump into their life and into their death precisely to do what? To conquer death. Now, brothers and sisters, 
We read in this passage from Romans 5 that death came to reign. The word reign is used there, R-E-I-G-N. Death has sway over the human family. It has a scepter and a throne. God did not make death. We see here and in many other passages of Scripture, death comes about precisely when you rebel against God, when you separate yourself from God. Death was not part of God's plan, but redemption was. So death reigned, came to reign because of sin. Now this passage talks about how the sin is passed on to every human being. you got to ask, why does a baby get aborted? Why would that ever happen? The baby hasn't done anything wrong. Exactly. The baby has not done anything wrong. Death has come to affect us all through what is said here. We are all one human family, and so the disobedience of our first father brought punishment on us all. Even though these babies individually would be innocent, sin is passed on to them even, in, even from, uh, from conception. The many were made sinners. And this brought death. But now the many are made righteous through Christ. And what does it do? It brings the reign of life. Again, the word reign is used in conjunction with life. So through Christ's obedience, grace might reign for eternal life. So we're talking about, in other words, two kingdoms. Two cultures, if you will, but two kingdoms, the kingdom of death, the kingdom of life. Where are we? Well, we've been ransomed from the kingdom of death. If we have been united with Christ, and this is where Paul will continue to go on in, uh, in Romans and in the next chapter. Let me just jump there here for a moment. We have all been united with him in a death like his. Are you not aware that we who were baptized, Paul says a few verses earlier, we're baptized into his death. So if we were united with him in death, we are united with him likewise in a resurrection like his. Christ raised from the dead, this is verse 9 of chapter 6, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Dominion, again, it's a kingdom. We're toppling death. Christ is toppling death from its throne, taking the scepter away. So death has no more dominion over him. Over whom? Well, over the one man, Jesus Christ, who's God, but then over all of those to whom that victory of life will be passed, as Paul says here, the many will be made righteous. Grace might reign for eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Reign where? In us. Think of him when, when Paul says in the next chapter, death has no more power over him. Think of him as the whole body of Christ. Christ is the head. We are the members. It's one living organism, one entity, one being. Christ and the church are married. The two become one flesh. We eat his flesh as we, as, we, as we receive the Eucharist. He who eats this bread will live forever. Just as the Father has life, he sent me. I have life because of him. Those who feed on me will have life because of me. This is the basis for our pro-life convictions. You know, it's much more than 
a verse here or there about the unborn child or God formed us in the womb. No, it's, it's, it's even deeper. It's this whole victory of life in Christ Jesus, this whole overturning of the kingdom of death. And this is what makes us bold furthermore. We receive this victory. You know, people sometimes you know, ask me why I have such confidence in the victory of life over the power of abortion. Well, because of these scriptures, it's already been conquered. Second letter of Paul to Timothy, I also like to go to the first chapter here. And again, he talks about the appearing of Christ Jesus in verse 10. And he says, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through his gospel. Because we are sitting on such a victory, he can say, Earlier there in that um, chapter, verse 7, God has given us not a spirit of cowardice, but of power and love and self-control. You know, shortly after I became director of Priests for Life, and, and I wasn't the, the initiating president of the organization. They called it president back then. There was another priest out in San Francisco who got it started with several colleagues. They had chosen a, a motto, a scripture motto for the organization about the baby leaping in the womb. And John the Baptist leaps in the womb when Mary, who's carrying Jesus, comes to visit Elizabeth. I changed it. Not because that other verse isn't, isn't extremely meaningful. It is. But I changed it to this one. The spirit God has given us is no cowardly spirit. Why should we not be cowardly in pursuing pro-life activity? Why should clergy not be cowardly in preaching against abortion? Why should we not be cowardly in going to the abortion facilities and intervening? Why should we not be cowardly in, 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 as pro-life politicians, for example, in, in speaking about this issue to voters? Why? Because Christ Jesus has abolished death and already brought about the reign of life, the kingdom of life, the culture of life. We still have to get the rest of society, including our laws and policies, into line with that. But you see where the, where the confidence comes from, and you also see why I always say, we're not just working for victory, we're working from victory. Victory is our starting point. We're here for the victory of life. Well, it's been won in Christ Jesus. That doesn't mean we don't have anything to do. That doesn't mean the battle isn't real. It really is. Lives really are at stake, and so are souls. But it's the unfolding of a victory that's already been achieved. Always have confidence, always have joy, always have the courage that flows from knowing that we're fighting in a cause where the victory is already ours. Amen. Lord Jesus, we, we know that you have conquered death. You have therefore conquered the death of every unborn child. You have conquered abortion. We do not stand and scratch our heads wondering if or when or how we will overcome the power of Planned Parenthood or the crooked uh, pro-abortion media or the, uh, the immense money they have or the way they deceive people through constitutional amendments and so forth. We don't scratch our heads wondering why or how we will conquer these people. We know we have already conquered in you and we stand therefore between before the culture of death we stand in front of those who represent it and we say your kingdom has already been defeated we are victorious in Christ Jesus
So thank you, Lord, for this victory. In the light of this victory, we pray for every pro-life effort. We pray for the people in Ohio, Lord, that they may be wise to reject this proposed amendment that will, if it passed, would, would impose abortion on the Ohio Constitution. Lord God, we pray that that amendment will be stopped. Give your people enlightenment, give them wisdom. Bless all of us in all our needs, those that have been expressed, those that are held in our hearts. And we sum them all up now in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, the Mother of life. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, I want to remind you, go to prayercampaign.org. You'll see our different prayer campaigns, including for victory in Ohio. Very important. If you know people in Ohio, keep reminding them, imposing late-term abortion is not what Ohioans want. It's not what Americans want, but it's what the pro-aborts in Ohio want, and they're pushing this amendment that uh, has superficial support uh, we can't let that turn into a victory for, for them. Vote no on issue one. That's the message. Uh, you'll see the prayer at prayercampaign.org and more information on our sites linked from, linked from there. Thank you for following. Invite others to join us each day for our time of prayer and fellowship and uh, be assured of our prayers. In the meanwhile, we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.